powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome to another outstanding program, everyone. On the show today, Heike Heman, the very uh, talented and informational person that she is. She's an executive coach and a business coach who helps people achieve more, and she's an expert on LinkedIn. So everything you ever wanted to know about LinkedIn, Heike is going to help us learn that today. Also, I have some thoughts on reasons why you failed to close the deal. Whatever deal you're working on, you didn't get it. I've got some reasons that may be why you didn't get it. That's all coming up on today's episode number 239 of Better Than Before. And we'll begin with our guest right after I tell you that we're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. We fit a lot of life into our Subaru Forester. Over the years, we trusted it to carry and protect the things that were most important to us. We always knew we had a lot of life ahead of us. That's why we chose a car we knew would be there for us through it all. Welcome to the all-new 2019 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Test drive one today at University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control, but that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Micah Heeman is the president of IdeaShare Business Coaching. She helps executives and business owners achieve their personal best at work and beyond. And this can uh, include everything, including improving their leadership skills, their public skills, Uh, speaking skills, updating a marketing strategy, uh, creating and uh, achieving personal goals, and a whole lot more. She also serves as an accountability partner, confidential sounding board, and also support to ensure implementation and execution. Like you, she's experienced the choices and challenges of using social media effectively, and that's going to be part of the topic that we're going to be discussing today. She's got over two decades of business experience and years on social media. She's happy to share what she's learned. In particular, we're going to be discussing LinkedIn today. She's an avid networker and connector both online and in person. She regularly introduces people to others who may be a good professional match. She likes connecting people like me 
and she has a LinkedIn network of over 6,800 connections. She runs a LinkedIn group that has over 4,200 members, and uh, we will tell our listeners how they can contact her at the end of our interview today. Heike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I'm so glad to be connected with you, and I'm so glad to have you on the program today. I told you when we were talking uh, before we did the show that I had not met anybody previously who uh, was a LinkedIn expert. So what, what makes LinkedIn so important for us as business people? To me, there are a variety of reasons why LinkedIn should be in everyone's toolkit. Number one, I think it's, if you will, the Google for people. It's a great search engine for competitive research, for trying to find clients, for trying to find vendors or hiring candidates, or for that matter, for anyone who isn't at the very end of their career to find a next role that they want to fulfill. It's where your professional reputation lives, Mm. where you can outline above and beyond the length of a standard resume, where you can include volunteer opportunities, skills that are possibly peripheral to a job, but also where your recommendations live from people that have worked with you. And that's the one thing that I think really sets this platform apart. It's in a way, one matter of eliminating having to do a whole lot of calling around, for instance, if you're hiring someone, because you already have the recommendations right there on the profile. Mm. And um, that's really one of the big benefits of LinkedIn, besides the fact that it's a blogging pad platform, you can do messaging, stay in contact with people. How many people change jobs and you have their old business cards and you no longer know how to get a hold of them? Well, if you're connected on LinkedIn, you can still reach out to them because hopefully they've connected more than one email to their profile. Yeah, you've still got their old business email and they've moved on. Um, what, what about drawbacks or misperceptions? Some people think uh, LinkedIn is just for job seekers, and it's really a lot more. And obviously, we're all living with a lot of time constraints. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. Yes, it's a platform like any other where there is some correlation between how much time you put into it and how much results you get out of it. But you can use LinkedIn on your app on the phone while you're waiting for your dental appointment or while you're watching your kid's soccer game and they have, you know, a break or something like that. So it doesn't have to interfere with your life and you can still get a lot done. You know, I just had a brainstorm and I wish I would have thought of this prior um, to having you on, but what I should have done and maybe what we'll do sometime down the road is I should have had my LinkedIn profile pulled up here and had you tell me everything that's wrong with it and, <laughs> and how I could improve it. Because that's kind of my next question is what are, what are the things that people most often need to improve in their LinkedIn profile? The overall issue with most profiles is that they're not complete. Hmm. But uh, if you don't want to take the time right off the bat to fill out the whole thing, which can be a little overwhelming, I would suggest at least filling out the very top section. So having a great picture. And no, it shouldn't be one with your trophy fish. It should be a professional headshot. Having uh, your 
contact information filled out, which granted lives behind the scenes, but everyone that's connected with you can at least see your email address, your phone number, um, and then your headline. That's one of those overlooked components of a profile. It defaults to your current job description. So if you are a CEO, it'll say CEO of XYZ company. But you have about 200 characters where you can get creative. So if you wanted to look up my profile, it has a lot more in the headline than just president of IdeaShare Business Coaching. It has speaker, it has LinkedIn trainer. So you can add things that would give someone a reason to reach out to you. So are there things that uh, would cause somebody not to contact you or want to connect with you if they're not there? Are there things that cause people to be uh, suspicious or say, uh, I'm not going to connect with that person. They don't have this filled out. It can be. If someone doesn't fill out their profile, it could come across as spammy. Um, there are unfortunately people that steal photographs off of a online magazine or something like that and create a fake profile. Mm. So the more filled out your profile is, the more likely it is, it is it's a true profile. And what really sets that apart is if you have some actual recommendations you've received and some that you've given. That gives it more legibility. Um, it makes it more legit because it now ties you to other people that can vouch for you. So what if I've never really met this person before? Um, they just look like somebody I'd like to have in my network or they look like somebody who I think I could maybe help or could help me down the road, but I've never really met them in person. Would you recommend accepting an invitation from someone like that? I would. LinkedIn doesn't want you to. <laughs> LinkedIn's premise is that your network on LinkedIn should only be people you've met and worked with. So not your mom or your sister, unless they truly know how you are in a work context. However, the people that use LinkedIn have evolved beyond that. And so, yes, absolutely. I have a lot of people in my network that I have never personally met and maybe not even had a conversation with on the phone, but I might want to learn more about what they share on LinkedIn, or yes, I may want to reach out to them for some reason. Now, that said, if you send an invitation out, pretty much in 99% of the cases, you should customize your invitation. Don't just use the prefab text that LinkedIn gives you. Let people know how you met or why it is that you think a connection would be helpful. And then the next step after someone accepts your connection or after you accept someone else's connection would be to send a reply. Why did you reach out to me or thanks for connecting with me? Would you like to have a conversation or a cup of coffee? Just make sure that that next contact isn't a sales pitch. Yeah, I will reach out a lot of times when someone uh, asks me to connect and I'll say, I'm just curious why you uh, wanted me as a connection or something like that, you know. That's that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. Most people just reach out, connect with people, and then you never hear from them again. It's a wasted opportunity to because to me, it's a beginning of a conversation that could turn into a long-term business relationship. 
you never know. They might not be in a profession that is a potential client or vendor for you, but their sister might be, their neighbor, the person they um, just had coffee with. So don't just discount someone because you've not met or because they aren't immediately a potential client for you. So I walked into this conference that I was speaking at the other day, and um, I'd never spoken there before, and I didn't know any of the organizers. But I walked up to the registration table, and the lady stuck out her hand, and she said, Oh, you must be Tony. I said, Um... I'm just curious, how do you know that? And she goes, oh, I recognize you from your profile picture. I said, oh, well, that's wonderful because I took that picture in 2009 and I'm glad I still look like that. You know? <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I want to ask you about this profile photo for LinkedIn, uh, which is the same one I, I still use. But um, any tips on uh, making sure that that's right for that platform? It should be a professional photo, preferably with you showing your teeth. So in other words, it's not the picture at the beach. It's not the picture that you cut out of a wedding lineup or something of that sort. It should be high enough quality to where if people click on it, they can actually enlarge it. And those are the biggest parameters. And then of course, if you've changed, you should update your pictures. That could be you went from having a beard to no beard, glasses to no glasses, or vice versa. You changed your hair color. Those changes should really be reflected on the picture to make sure that someone can recognize you at an event. Now, I had a coach uh, one time who, uh, this has been quite some time ago, but he recommended uh, to all of his clients that they should change something about their appearance every three or four years. Like they ought to get a different hairstyle or they ought to um, have facial hair or not have facial hair or maybe go from beard to goatee to clean shaven. So I'm glad you said that because if you follow that advice, you definitely want to update your um, profile picture, but definitely, but definitely not a selfie, right? Correct. Not a selfie. Unless that is, you know, you have to put this profile up right now for some reason, you know, and then just replace it as quickly as possible. The other thing I want to point out is that your photo is only visible if you haven't altered the standard settings behind the scenes. LinkedIn will allow you to set your profile picture to completely private or to only visible pe to people you already connected with. If you have a profile picture that's visible to all, you actually increase the likeliness that someone will click through to your profile text by 14 uh, by 14 times, according to LinkedIn's own statistics. So what are some things that people just overlook that they perhaps should not as far as their profile on LinkedIn? Well, one of them I mentioned already, and that's really important, is the headline, because there's if somebody does a search for, let's say, a CPA in their town, there will be 15 CPAs, 20, 30 CPAs that show up. What sets you apart that you can put in those 200 characters of your headline that says more than just CPA? The other thing would be, as I said, to put the profile picture to public. You might want to also put your um, email, professional email that is, and um, a phone number into your summary 
can be at the end of it, but at least it's somewhere in the text because only the people that you connected with already can see that contact information if you don't post it somewhere else. And if someone's already gone through the trouble of doing a search and found you, you don't want to make it more difficult for them to take the next step and actually contact you. So let's educate our listeners uh, on some LinkedIn etiquette. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I typically want to know what, what are the things I don't need to do? Like, um, you know, if I, if I sit down at a dinner with somebody, tell me the main things I don't need to do because I am probably going to do them. So on LinkedIn, what, what are some things we should not do? For starters, don't put your birthday on it. It's like other profiles, uh, in other platforms, they want more information, which may be helpful to people that are doing phishing attempts, but there's no point in you having your birthday on LinkedIn. Don't treat it like Facebook. You don't need to, you know, explain your vacation or um, show some very personal pictures. It's a professional network. That doesn't mean you can't say, hey, I won the golf tournament. That's That's great, and it's a conversation starter, but don't go to the level that a Facebook would go into. And don't set it up and then ignore it. You want it at least every couple of weeks be on it and post something like somebody else's posts, comment somewhere, because LinkedIn works like a Google, activity counts. And you want to be showing up in the top of the search result, especially if you have a more common name. I mean, if somebody can get a couple of letters of my name right, they'll find me because I'm literally the only one with this name. But um, with someone that is a John Smith, there are probably thousands of John Smith. And amongst them, you probably have, let's say, hundreds of CPAs. So what sets you apart? The activity level and how much you filled out your profile. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people are familiar with Facebook. Do you find that people on LinkedIn try to treat LinkedIn like Facebook? Like, do they try to use it the same way? Very few do. Um, to me, that's a rare thing other than sometimes with the picture, which is very surprising to me. But that's why I mentioned the cutout of the, of the wedding photo or the trophy fish. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, you got the status update, you got the like button and, you know, those things are kind of, uh, similar. That, yeah, that functionality is absolutely similar and it, it helps with interaction. That's why both platforms use that same format. So I've got my profile all lined out. What's next? Well, you need to stay active and that can include a whole variety of things. On the public front, obviously you can post something that's similar to a blog. You can post uh, notifications about events or um, helpful tips. If you're an expert, let's say on resume writing, you could say, you know, what is the latest format change that's now being used? Um, obviously liking other people's uh, posts. But then behind the scenes, there's this messaging app where you can reach out to your contacts and congratulate them to a, um, a career milestone or an anniversary or um, you can reach out and say hey can you connect me or introduce me to such and such they they're in your network and I'm trying to reach out to them but I don't know how to get a hold of them um, so there's a lot of 
usefulness to what's not visible. So um, what about, do you feel like, let's talk about in-person networking and then networking on LinkedIn. Do you find that a lot of people have ditched their traditional printed business card and they just get out their smartphone device and they connect on LinkedIn right there? Or how do, how do you combine meeting somebody and networking and LinkedIn all together? To the first part of your question, I, I still go to quite a few networking events in person and people still have business cards. And I think that's that's still very useful. In fact, I occasionally take notes on business cards so I know what to follow up on, especially if I am at an event where I may meet multiple people, you know, five, ten people after a while, the faces and comments start to get mixed up. So business cards are great long as they have some white space to take some some helpful notes and you can put your linkedin address your url right on the business card if you want to what i do to combine the two is number one my email signature includes a phrase along the lines of active on linkedin let's connect and then my linkedin url so they can reach out but i then also often uh, follow up with an email after a networking event and say you know it's great to meet you at such and such event would you like to connect on linkedin if you're active there and you get a conversation started ultimately in person or online regardless it's all about getting a conversation started and then keeping it going i love it so uh obviously linkedin would like everyone to have a paid uh membership but I, I'm curious about your thoughts on a free account everyone can get versus signing up for a paid account. The free accounts have a lot of functionality that most people never exhaust. You can get a lot done with a free account if you use it properly. And the paid accounts are pretty expensive. So it depends on what exactly your goal is on LinkedIn and how you want to pursue that goal. I've built a 6,000 plus network with a free account. And I've gotten um, clients there for LinkedIn reviews, for speaking opportunities, for coaching. So there's a lot you can do if you know how and if you implement. Uh, the paid accounts are great for some people that have specific niches. Recruiters, for instance, they, there's a special recruiting functionality and I would think that most recruiters have to have the paid account, but it'll also pay off for them because they can contact more people in a, in a month than your standard user can. So it really depends on what you want to do with it, how much time you're willing to spend on it. It's, it's useless to have a paid account if you get online to do something on LinkedIn for 15 minutes a month. It's, it's wasted money. So we're uh, speaking with Heike Heeman. Uh, she is a LinkedIn expert. She's a business coach and executive coach that does workshops uh, teaching people specifically how to get more use from LinkedIn and how to market themselves professionally using their LinkedIn account. And Heike, uh, is there anything I should have asked you about LinkedIn that I haven't asked? <laughs> Good question. Good question. Um, I would say the primary thing is figure out what your goal is with the platform and make sure that you get some recommendations um, that are more than just Harry is a great guy and Sally did a great job. Something where somebody really writes a, a paragraph 
um, because that that ultimately is the credibility for your next step. Um, but overall, I think we covered a lot. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, feel free to connect with me directly. If you just start typing in my name, you'll find me. It's H-E-I-K-E, -E, last name is H-E-E, -E, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, N as in Nancy. And you will, you'll be able to find me and feel free to reach out and mention this, uh, this podcast. Wonderful. Now, uh, every guest who comes on the podcast, I have a list of closing questions I ask every single interview. So I'm going to feed these to you in rapid fire succession and you just answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll be right here with you the whole way. First question. What's the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? Just professionally or in general? Just in general. Wow. Visiting my parents in Germany. Mm. And is that the origin of your name, Heike? Yes, I am from Germany, born and raised. And you live in the Washington, D.C. area now, right? That's correct. Wonderful. Who's the number one hero in your life? Tony Robbins. Oh, right? I thought you were going to say Tony Richards, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Close, close. <laughs> Tony Robbins, why? He has a, a fantastic career track record, and he's all about helping other people succeed. And he does that not only in terms of professionally with his seminars, but he also gives back. He donates a lot of money to good causes, helping feed people and more. And I just admire him greatly for what he does Wonderful. What's the top value you subscribe to? Confidentiality, which comes in very handy as a coach. It does. <laughs> Most important person in your life? Oh, my spouse. And their name? Uh, Carrie. Okay. Your favorite thing in the whole world? Books. What's your favorite book? Oh, whatever I'm reading at the time. Uh, right now, it's Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. Wonderful. I've read the books. Very good. And you don't have an all-time gold standard favorite? No, no, because okay. you never know what's in the next page. I just love learning and reading, so no. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your favorite food? Mm, that's a toss-up between uh, sushi and Indian uh, most beautiful place you've ever been to? My hometown, Berchtesgaden, Germany. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Happiness. How do you want to be remembered? As someone who's helped people reach their goals. Some advice for a younger hiker. Don't let fear hold you back. Go for it. Wonderful. What's your favorite sound? Oh, that's an unusual one. Sound. Oh, birds. What's the best lesson you've ever learned? That our perception of ourselves does not always match what other people think. That is very true. That is very true. Our perception is reality, but it may not be the actual reality, right? Heike Heman has been our um, guest today. She's the president of Idea Share Business Coaching. 
and uh, she helps executives and business owners achieve their personal best. And uh, she's been teaching us a lot of LinkedIn tips on our show today. Heike, I really appreciate you being on the program, and I really appreciate our relationship, and thank you for being a friend. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it, and have a fabulous day. Wonderful. I'll have more on Better Than Before right after this. We fit a lot of life into our Subaru Forester. Over the years, we trusted it to carry and protect the things that were most important to us. We always knew we had a lot of life ahead of us. That's why we chose a car we knew would be there for us through it all. Welcome to the all-new 2019 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Test drive one today at University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and I wanted to close out the show today talking about reasons why you may have failed to close the deal. You know, everything's a transaction. Uh, It's impossible for us to buy from ourselves. It's impossible for us to sell to ourselves. It's impossible for us to trade with ourselves. Uh, It's impossible to have an exchange with ourselves. We need other people. And all of life is a series of multiple transactions between people. And sometimes those transactions don't go well or you don't close them the way that you had anticipated, especially in sales uh, when you're going out and you're offering a product or service to someone in exchange for monetary compensation or whatever the exchange is. And if it doesn't go well, there are probably some reasons why it didn't close. So I have a couple of those that I want to share with you today. And the first one I can think of is relationship. Quite frankly, the relationship wasn't strong enough, or maybe you failed to connect with the other person. Um, might have even been a personality conflict. You know, in a lot of situations and a lot of deals that don't get made, it comes down to, I don't really like that guy, or I don't really like that girl. And sometimes when deals do close and deals do get made, it comes down to, I really like that guy, or I really like that girl. And so sometimes it's just the relationship connection, how you managed it, how you facilitate it, how you built it um, will determine a lot of whether or not you get the deal done or not. Number two is resistance. You may not have been effective enough at managing their level of resistance. It could have been the wrong time. It could have been the wrong place. It could have been the wrong budget. It could have been uh, a lot of different reasons that they're resisting saying yes to you. And your job is to uncover those areas of resistance and overcome them. 
once I was offered a job in Indiana. This is a long time ago, folks. I mean, this is back in the 80s. And uh, I was uh, proposed to come and visit a market in Indiana, and I was being courted by uh, an executive there to come and be a part of their company. And he slid an envelope across the table, and he said, here's what we're going to pay you now. And then he, I opened the envelope and I looked at it, and then he slid an envelope across the table. He said, and here's what we're going to pay you in six months. And I opened up the envelope and I looked at him and I said, I'll be back in six months. So, I mean, my resistance was the second envelope is where I thought we should have started, right? And so, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we never consummated that deal. And I never moved to Indiana and I never went to work for that company. But in terms of what kind of resistance the other person is going to um, have or that you may need to overcome, you have to first ask enough good questions to understand and identify where that resistance might be. Number four is, uh, or number three, I'm sorry, number three is value. And if the other person doesn't receive value from time spent with you, and if you haven't demonstrated any value up front, they're going to perceive that is how doing business with you is going to be. So if you don't come out of the gate with something strong and providing, you know, that value, they're going to be, oh, this is what it's like to work with this person. So you need to have some strategies of how you can get value into uh, your discussions right away. Because again, the prospect or the other person is going to be thinking, wow, this is what it's like to work with this person. Right. So uh, you're trying to establish that value right from the get go. The next one is content. And this could be that if you didn't close the deal, it could be they just didn't like what you said. They didn't like what you had to present. Um, they didn't like what you suggested, or maybe they didn't like the direction you were suggesting that they uh, proceed in or what they had to do or what uh, hoops they'd have to jump through. It just wasn't what they wanted to hear, right? And so the good news for you is if you can figure out that if content was the problem, you can change that, right? You can go back to them at another time with completely different content. But if you're convinced that it wasn't the content, that it was some other kind of reason, and you're not willing to change how you presented it or what you presented, um, likely that your results are probably not going to change. Uh, listening. Listening is a big one. Number five, um, if they didn't believe that you were listening and uh, they didn't think that you really understood them or understood it, understood their wants or needs or desires. Um, that's a problem because again, I keep hitting this nail uh, with my hammer. It's like what it it's what it's like to work with you, right? So if they didn't feel like you listened to them in the first meeting or to this is what it's like to work with this person, they're not going to really listen to me. So you need to make sure that you listen. And you understand exactly what it is that they're looking for. Now, in the consulting business and coaching business, that gets a little more difficult because what the client thinks they need and what they actually need are hardly ever the same thing. It's usually very different because they want sometimes to tell you exactly how to solve their problem. 
but yet they're not solving their problem, right? So if they knew how to solve the problem, why didn't they solve it? So sometimes you just have to read between the lines and figure out what this situation needs because very seldom are people going to tell you uh, exactly what that is because they don't know. They don't know. Uh, Another one is aggression. You know, sometimes you can just come on too strong and you can be too confrontational or slightly obstinate or slightly obnoxious. And so if they're more analytical and they're more introverted and they're more laid back and you're running at 95 to 100 miles an hour and you're talking really fast and being very pushy, um, sometimes they're like, gee, is this what it's like to work with this person? (laughs) You know, and I don't think we're a good fit, right? So that could be a reason that you didn't close the deal. This is kind of a a touchy one, um, but I'm going to tell you that it's absolutely true. I've had it happen several times in our practice here at Clear Vision Development Group. If you're smarter than the client, You know, if you come off being too intellectual and you've got too many theories and you've got too many uh, equations and rectangles and triangles and squares and and uh, scientific this and that, uh, all of which are important and all of which we use here. But with certain clients, they don't like to be upstaged. And they don't like uh, to think that they might be dealing with somebody. I mean, abs- you know, after all, they're they're the president of their organization. They're the director of their uh, group or whatever. And everybody thinks they're the bomb, right? And then here you come with all your stuff and they're like, oh, I feel a little inferior around this person. I don't like that. So you got to be careful. It's your job, especially in this business, not in all situations where you're trying to close a deal, but in this business, you got to be careful about it because you do have to be smarter than the average bear because that is how you solve difficult problems and create um, situations for people that are good because you are at the top of your game and you are the best in your field. It's just that sometimes when other people are insecure, and you're very secure, that could be an an issue. Uh, Another one is, uh, and this will be the last one for the segment, but another one is expectations. You know, if their expectations didn't match what you brought to the table, uh, your capabilities, your uh, presentation, your offering, your meeting, uh, what you presented, if it just didn't meet what they were expecting. And this is why it's so important Uh, If you're at the stage that where you're about to close the deal, you should have controlled and helped set those expectations all along in the process. Because if you get to the end and you have expectation conflict, they're expecting one thing and you presented something different and you didn't get the deal because that that was conflicted, you didn't control, set, and clarify the expectations as the process went along. So those are some reasons why you may have lost that last deal. Uh, and so you might want to think about making some changes or modifications. Remember, you're perfectly aligned to get the results you're getting today. And if you want different results tomorrow, you need to change the alignment, right? So you need to change some of the things you're doing today to get better results tomorrow. 
That's our show today. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm Tony Richards. We're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Be sure and give us a five-star rating. We would be most appreciative for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and also at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and chief producer, William Foster, I'm Tony, reminding you that God is the source of all your success and everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.